1: It's time to hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. That's Come on. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. All right. Nice job, fellas. Presented by your local pick and save stores. Let's turn it over to Muskego Athletic Director Ryan McMillan. Don't let one play affect the next one. Just learn from it. And the fans' high school insider, big time Mike McGivern.
2: Welcome into the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Mike McGivern, alongside my co-host, he's Ryan McMillan, the AD at Muskego. Coach, how are you? Great. Well, I tell you, that Thursday night was, uh, that was eye-opening a little bit. Great community. Oh, my goodness. Got there a quarter after five, could barely find a parking spot for a seven o'clock kick.
3: Think we're gonna to have to build some more parking lots around that joint.
2: Yeah, you might have to because that was. uh I've been to a lot of really cool high school events. I, I have. I think uh, our special guest Greendale they do they do as good a job as anybody. That was a little bit different. That was man the tents out in the back. You had a craft fair going on. You had yep. the uh the booster club people took great care of us. Do you know at five thirty we had no electricity, right?
3: Yeah, I heard your generator went out and they had to go to. Plan B, and this
2: isn't one of the little generators you put in the back of your oh, car, wow. man. This is one that you got to have a truck to pull behind, and it was dead. And so, at five thirty, it was like, look, we're hoping to be, we're hoping to be ready a quarter to seven. So I adjust the coaching interviews. That didn't really happen because we couldn't pre-tape them. Right. And uh, these guys, Paul Rudolph and the people at my twenty four, calm, cool, collected, man. They said, we will we we'll fine? Don't worry about it." And they said, I was supposed to get there early to to pre-tape five sponsor interviews. They said, you're just going to have to roll. Be flexible today, McGivern. I said, hey, I'm I'm really flexible. They were like, yeah, okay. So I think it came off looking really good without a hitch. And uh, the game was a really good game. Your offensive line wore them down
3: that fourth quarter. Yeah, it took some time. And our defense gave us a shot and kept us in it. Marquette threatened uh, numerous times. and. Tell you what, hats off to the defense and the running game. Finally found its way late in the fourth, and we snuck out of there.
2: They just ran left that whole the the, the whole way down, yep. you know, to to score and to win that thing. That safety, um, one of the better players I've seen.
3: Yeah, he's he's legit. He's as advertised, if you will, and he's a great leader, humble kid, and uh, he can do more for us even as the season goes. You'll see more of him on other places.
2: Man, oh man. He had uh, that interception. He had the one he had. You know that that was. Uh, I don't know where he came from. And then he had one out of bounds that was incredible. But that one, I, I don't know. My jaw dropped a little bit, and some guys, some kids that weren't on the team but they're on the sidelines. One looked at me, and I was, and and really my mouth was open. And he pointed. He hit his buddies, and he, they point, they all looked at me and started laughing. They said, "We've seen that before." I said, "Man, I don't know where he came from." Yeah, that was good. That's a good win for you guys. Yep. Hey, our special in-studio guest, uh, Rob Stoltz from Greendale High School. I love when he joins us because it just uh, – I like talking to guys that have put together really good programs that understand high school football, have a love for the sport, have been around for a while, which, uh, Coach, uh, it's good to see you again. How long have you been coaching at Greendale? This is 19 years. Man. Hard to believe, isn't it?
4: I, I remember 20th the first, year overall, 19 years at Greendale. First time really you came in,
2: person. you were young and and uh, man, you knew everything back then. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, maybe I don't know everything. And this program for me, Rob, I, when I talk about some of the best programs in Southeast Wisconsin, I talk about your program. It's in the conversation when you talk about Franklin and you talk now about Mosquito, you talk about Greendale because. You know what, you guys have been doing this a long time, and you're always in the conversation. So um, starting the season 0-1 has
4: never scared you. Badger's a good football team. Badger is a good football team. You know, for the last many years, we've tried to position ourselves against opponents who I think are going to try to prepare us physically, mentally, uh, for the slate that we have ahead. And then with an eye toward the postseason, we've been fortunate enough to be in that postseason conversation 15 years in a row, and that's something we're pretty proud of. So, and you've got three of the leaders on this team with us, and we're going to get to them.
2: But I, I let two of them in and asked him about it. And the one who's sitting by the window, he wants to play him again bad. I mean, he, you saw the look in his eye. He, he said, man, we, we hit some opportunities in that one. We really did. And, and talk a little bit about that that game. You never know once the bullets are for real and the lights are on and the band's playing exactly what you're going to get. How, how are you feeling going into that game?
4: Felt pretty good. You know, we had some things to clean up after the scrimmage, which a lot of teams would, would, most teams I'm guessing, would say the exact same thing. But you use that as an opportunity to to gauge where you're at and then move forward from that position. Going into the game, we are a team right now with a lot of guys who are very hungry, a lot of guys who are inexperienced at the varsity level, and that is no excuse. Those guys know that. They know the, the level of expectation that has been set before them year in and year out. And I was very proud of the way that our, our guys competed from the opening bell until the end. The, the competitive side of things was never a question. We need to clean some things up and we need to finish when at the end of the day, the only thing that they track are the points on the scoreboard. A lot of the other measurables were in our favor, but those things don't matter. At the end of the day, we need to be able to take care of uh, that scoreboard. Badgers is a tough
2: team to get great to team. Get, They're a tough team to get ready for because nobody else, very seldom, very few teams run what they run anymore. And so to get ready for them and know that you're probably not going to see anybody else that runs that through the rest of the year, it's not like you're going to put in a ton of time on how to stop them. If you just spend three weeks on how to stop Badger, you know what? I think you can do that. But because it's the only team on the, the
4: schedule that probably is going to run what they run, you probably aren't spending a ton of time on that, correct? Oh, no, we're spending a ton of time on it. It's assignment football, and that's kind of the beauty of it, and that's that's the intent is you are going up against an opponent who is extremely well-versed. Right. I don't know what the collective IQ, football IQ is of that coaching staff, but it's it's well beyond anything that I'm aware of in our area. Uh, very well-coached, very well-prepared players. They have some dudes. And at the end of the day, when you look at what you're going against from a schematic standpoint, you're trying to position yourselves against teams who do it the right way, and they do. Yeah. I, t- I talked to their coach in the off season, and he was excited.
2: He said, look, we got a chance. You know we got a lot of guys coming back from last year. A lot of guys in the weight room in the off season, and we have a chance to be a pretty good football team. He said, you know, middle to the end of the year we might be really good. Beginning of the year, we've got a chance to be pretty good. And and you would say, look, they're they're pretty good. How are the numbers this year, Greendale, throughout the program? Good. So we've been
4: pre- Yeah, we've been pretty fortunate for the last many years as as attrition has started to happen among some of the programs and even some of the premier programs around the state. We've kind of uh, stood pat for the last number of years um, where our numbers, have we have not suffered some of the losses that other programs have. Why do you think that is? I, I'm wondering, if, is it just Greendale is, is such a good football community and can you guys understand your program? I think more than anything, you really do, and I know it sounds cliche, but you have to win the kid. You have to win win the kid's intents to get put in a lot of time. Football is a very demanding sport. It's continuing to change in the landscape of high school athletics today, and there really is no shortcut to success if you want to be a successful football program. And fortunately, we've positioned ourselves as a school and community that uh, kids continue to want to buy into what we're doing. It's funny, Ryan, because Muskego is the other program in
2: this area that hasn't that hasn't dipped, hasn't. You know, I looked at all the kids. It was youth night the other night, yeah. and. Man, it was like a parade that just kept going and so I'm wondering as the ad at mosquito and, and and kind of going back on what what rob just said you know you got to own the kid and mosquito's done that greendale's done that but boy 85 percent of the other programs say look we're down where there's not a lot of teams JV teams are struggling to get games and so I'm wondering uh you're feeling why that why that's the same in mosquito
3: I think it takes time to build culture. I think it takes at least five years to build culture and, and Rob alluded to it, it's, it's all about relationships and it takes time to get there. And, and once you can get there, as long as you have the good people and you have staff continuity and, and stability from the youth through the high school, um, it's hard to disrupt that, but it's really, really hard to get to that point to have that staff continuity. We've had the same guy in charge of uh, Muskego Youth Football for years now, Mr. Brian Roper, and he does a great job overseeing the whole thing as he's kind of moved up the chain and stepped out of coaching just to help programmatically run things, and and same thing at the high school level as they evolved. And I think if you keep those same people in line and have that continuity across the board, and, and obviously success comes along with that, um, and the community starts to buy in. And then it's just – if they, if parents know you have the best intent of the, the kid at heart, uh, they'll engage in your program.
2: Hey, I do this youth sports show prior to this one, and it's interesting to me, Rob, that um, – and I made this comment last hour – there are some varsity coaches that just say, you know what, that's their program, this is my program. And then there are guys – and I talk about the basketball coach at Brookfield East. He owns the youth program. He's at practice. I mean, he really believes that the way his varsity team is going to be strong is these kids starting in third and fourth grade, getting to know him, getting seeing him every once in a while at a practice or a game. And there's, so it's everywhere in between on that spectrum. Where do you come in on that?
4: Well, I've been really fortunate for the last many years to always have kind of a conduit or a bridge between our youth program and our high school program. And one of the guys that we have in studio with us today, uh, senior Dylan Schuster, his dad is that bridge, and one of the best decisions I made a few years ago, uh, and I don't make many brilliant decisions, but this was one, <laughs> was to bring him on board, uh, and he went to Green Hill. He's Green Hill alum. We were teammates back in the day, but he had been our youth coordinator for a number of years. He is now one of our freshman coaches as well, so it's that familiar face and a guy who can help help to speak the same language with youth families as well as high school families.
2: Are you open to talk to them? Do you do do coaching clinics or do you talk to the youth coaches? The
4: opportunity is always there. But by and large, we are still largely a wing T-based offense, which is very different than what we do. Uh, And the thing that I like about that is that we develop enough running backs and football sense among our offensive players year in and year out. So by the time they get to high school, it certainly is going to change. But most importantly – it's how are you treating the kids? Are you getting the right. kids interested in football? Do they have? Are they having a favorable experience? Do the parents feel like you, you're treating their kids well? By the time they get to high school, that's a continuation. It, do you see the numbers between when kids are playing eighth grade to to then coming out as freshmen being fairly the same? Fairly the same for us. That's huge. It is fairly the same for Bob, us. Huge. I know, but there are some programs who are lower in in eighth, seventh, eighth grade, and then they have a little bit of a spike. Into high school. And we are largely have been in this position where it's, again, it's it's pretty consistent from eighth grade to high school that transition. At, at the early ages, how early did they start playing tackle by you? They start playing tackle in fifth grade they in Greendale. At once upon a time, it had been fourth grade. Our numbers were favorable enough. And that was done really to garner, int- to build interest and in, in garner numbers. And now we lopped that off more than 10 years ago, I believe. Yeah, I and think so that was a great great decision. I do. You know the guy from Menominee doesn't
2: think you should start playing tackle until freshman year, and and he's he is he is dead set. And he said, "Look, you take a look at my numbers. If I've got a class that that has fifty kids in when they come in as fifth graders, and I have forty seven kids in eighth grade, I'm going to get forty six come up for freshman year because now we're going to teach them how to tackle." New Berlin just said we're not doing third and fourth tackling anymore. We're doing flag, and we're going to do a unified. With, with New Berlin West, New Berlin Eisenhower. And I think, look, I think that that's probably a really good idea as well. I think fifth grade for me is probably the right. Well, Wanakee is what, tackling third?
3: Uh, no, fifth grade. Fifth grade. They're you, still playing flag all the way up till fifth grade.
2: You, you think that's a good idea as well?
3: In terms of, yeah. yeah
2: just keeping kids. They, they've got to fall in love with the sport and not be afraid, you know?
3: I would agree more with the Menominee side of uh Full disclosure, I mean, if you rewind rewind the clock all the way back to the good old days, you couldn't play tackle until you got to high school. Yeah. And I think it did a lot to save athletes' bodies in general. And you had big kids, small kids. Everyone grew up as a skill kid. So then you figure out as people matured and their bodies changed as they go through the maturation process, and then you, you slide them in because a lot of coaches can't control a lot of that stuff. And I think it uh, I think it could be good.
2: I wonder if that's going to be what the future holds for us. Could be. We we do that WFCA show, um, Coach Will and I, and and a bunch of people from the WFCA. And and to a guy, we think that football's never been safer. Football's a lot safer now than when you were in high school and you were in high school. And certainly when I was in high school, you know, you you want to drink, it's two-a-days. No, take a salt pill. A salt pill. You know, can you imagine trying to get away with that now? And you would go three hours, take a break, and go another three hours and you do bull in the ring and nutcracker twice in the morning, twice in the afternoon, and you got away with that stuff. And what do you mean your uniform? I don't care if that face mask is cracked. Get in there. And that, that was just how they wanted to toughen you up. The people
4: have gotten a lot smarter nowadays, which, you know, I'm happy about. You believe football's never been safer? I do believe that, and I think it's because of the conscious drive that people have to make it such. Um, when you look at – the size and the speed of the high school athletes today compared to what it was a generation ago—it's really not even close. Not close. So when you say things like "it's safer," yes, there is that. There's the data that backs that up as well. But it's also—it's a function of the society, and the trickle down from that is we are—I think—as coaches, we're we have safer practices, no doubt as well, no doubt.
2: And and look, it's a it's a fast, violent sport. It is, but I, I always talk about. You know, there's, there's kids that get hurt snowboarding. Nobody ever says, well, you, you know, you can't snowboard. Soccer. there's did a lot of concussions in soccer, and nobody brings it up. I've got a, a guy I talked to last week. He, he's got twins. His son keeps getting hurt in baseball. He plays quarterback. He's getting nailed. He's not that big of a kid. Never has gotten hurt, but he's gotten hurt two years in a row now playing baseball. But nobody says, well, I'm not going to let my son play baseball because it's, it's, you know, I don't want him to get hurt. So, hey, guys, let me run down today's show. At 11 o'clock, we have a new segment, and I'm going to ask your opinion on this. Uh, UW Credit Union Team of the Week. And uh, I want to talk to you about who I think and see if I can get you guys to vote with me. 1115, uh, Dan McCarty, head football coach, St. Norbert's going to join us. 1130, Jed Kennedy is going to join us. We're going to find out what high school football in Alabama is all about. I reached out to Josh Ringelberg, see if I could get him on for a couple of minutes. Talk about his days at Greendale. And he said, look, I'm at Whitewater. If I can get off the field and we're done practicing, uh, I'll send you a text and come on. If not, you know, uh, I tell coach I said hello, but wouldn't be able to make it. So if he uh, sends me a text, we're going to have him on. One of the better high school football players, man, for ever to come out of Greendale, I think. He was really good.
4: Yeah, he was really good. He was really good. That's really right. Yeah, he He was was really really good. He was really good. And one of those guys where he, as a coach, you even... Even with experience, in the moment, you know just how blessed you are to have a player like that. Yeah. Uh, because it, I'm not going to say that it's closing your eyes and pointing pointing to a play to run. Right. But he could make a lot of wrong things right. You know who said that about him? Joe Cook. Cook was a huge fan of Ringelberg's. Huge
2: fan of Josh. He said, man, this kid, he gets it. He understands it. If something breaks down, he always makes the right decision. He really liked watching that kid play. We'll get to a break. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Mike McGivern, alongside Ryan McMillan, he is my co-host, and Rob Stoltz, head football coach at Greendall. I can't believe it's been 17 years. 19. 19. 20 total. I heard that part. Can't believe it.
4: Can you believe it's, got, it's gone fast, huh? It's gone, it's gone really by really quickly, and when you consider some of the names and the players, and some of the, those players on the first team that I coached, even at West Bend West, they're they're approaching 40. Wow. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. How well, is how your family by the way? Everybody's really good. good? Everyone's good. Very, yeah. very busy. A lot of sports, a lot of coaching, a lot of extracurriculars, and God bless my wife who runs that whole show. What
2: is her name? Jenny. Jenny. Thanks for letting Rob come in. I know you guys are busy this time of year. Um Difference between you as a coach after 19 compared to the first five would be
4: what? Big difference? A huge difference. Yeah. I think me as a head coach now compared to the last five years is a big difference. And anyone who thinks that they've figured out a formula that is that is tried and true, as long as part of that formula includes the willingness to adapt and adjust yeah, as, as the situations and the student-athlete dictates that um, – there's never there can't be any stagnance stagnancy at all. There can't be. Um, game day.
2: Um, it's middle of the second quarter. The adjustments that you're able to make on the fly now, even compared to ten years ago, big difference. Have things slowed way difference. down. Yeah. Huge
4: difference. Right. When you look at what we accomplish, I think, coming out of halftime in most of our games is a a world it's a night and day difference compared to where it was. If you look at my first five years yeah, Um, and that's it's experience, right? It's just like anything. If you put in the time, I don't know how many hours, if it's that magic 10,000 hour button or what, but when you consider the amount of time that coaches do put in, especially in football, because a lot that's football is a sport where coaches really have a great impact on the outcome of games and not just schematically. It's all of the, it's the 12 months of the year and what happens in between in the locker room, in the weight room, in the, in the, the culture of the hallway; it's all of those things, and the composite look of those things that that really impact the game. Hey, as a coach, do you have a mentor? Do you have a guy that I don't? You, you, right? I don't. I right. So when I was at West Bend, I I was the freshman coach for one year. Yeah, and a great guy, great coach by the name of Steve Ohan, was the head varsity coach, and I was kind of brought in with the assumption or understanding that when he leaves, this is probably going to be yours if you want it well he left after one year and my experience was really limited to that first year at West Bend right um things that I'd seen and done a little bit overseas but then really my coaching staff at Oshkosh which um again great football guys but a lot of that was the time that I spent on my own going before practice and watching film and and I got to I got to really learn how to watch film through some of those guys going in on my own outside of the team study time. Boy, so that's uh, in my – and, Ryan, I'm going to
2: talk to you about this because you have a mentor, right? You have a couple of that you would say he's kind of figured this thing. He figured out how to drive the car by himself, which is a hard thing to do.
3: I think uh, it's it's way hard to do when you're on your own. I think looking back at my career – um, as a coach, I think I started a little bit on my own, thrown into the fire as a head coach, not knowing what, what to do, how to do. But I definitely would say I had people I could go call on in, in terms of Pat Rice at Wanakee and his brother, Scott, who was at McFarland and then came over uh, with me early on. Um, and then even back into UW-Stevens Point where I started coaching with Coach Mish and all the good coaches. Now Coach Brightbox back at UW-Stevens Point. He was our OC. I played under him and then... Coach Polasek who everybody knows I was coaching on the same staff with him up there and now he's at the University of Iowa and so there's a lot of good people that I was I had I was very fortunate to be connected to to be able to ask little things of and get answers quickly and then keep moving forward but it, there's no doubt when you first start you don't know and you just got to go
4: and and I can't stress enough though and you spoke to it Mike uh, uh, right before the last break it's the staff continuity and while I didn't maybe have those experiences of mentors along the way, what I did have was a 10-year block of time where we had staff continuity, which well, is incredible. 10 years. Yeah. Incredible. And so we figured this thing out together along the way. And if that wasn't in place, I can't tell you what this would look like today. And the cool
2: part was that we've had this conversation in the past. In those 10 years, there was none of those guys trying to get your job. And look, I... I was a head basketball coach, and I was an assistant basketball coach, and I would be the first to tell you I'm a better – I think I was a better assistant than I was a head coach because I had the head coach's back. Never wanted Waller Shem's job, but I would jump in front of a bus to save the dude, you know, and we would argue like cats and dogs in the, in the, in the coach's room, and when it was said and done, we, he, he was the guy. So we, I walked lockstep with him. If I if, if he wants to play zone and I'm like, we're not playing zone. You know, if you want to play mad, we gotta go to zone. and we'd argue, argue about kids, and as soon as that door opened, I had his back. That's it. No matter what. And never wanted his job. And so he was comfortable with having those fights with me and those arguments with me because he knew as soon as the door opened, he's the head of the program and what he tells me we're doing and what I what I need to Okay. You know what? I just want to be known that that I that I don't like this. We should think about doing it this way. And a lot of times down the end, you know, at the end, because I've been here with him a long time, he would go, okay, let's give that a shot. But if that's not right, we're going back to my way. Okay. And the door would open, and you could hear some yelling in the, in the you know, locker room, which is right next to the coach's office. And these players, they kind of got used to it, I think, but they'd look like, you guys all right? Like, yeah, we're good. What's going on? We're two men. This is what we do. So I
4: I think that that's important to you. Yeah, you Absolutely. The more open communication that you can have among staff members I think the at least in my experience the better off you are look you, my longtime defensive coordinator he's been there all 19 years with me he's a guy who gets it Gary Jagajinski and the way that he states this to prospective coaches throughout the years and even almost on a yearly basis we talk about this it's kind of like you're a married you're a married couple yes. but with more than one partner it's a, it's a room of 12 coaches <laughs> and you're going to have a lot of disagreements you have a lot of strong personalities and ultimately those open conversations are healthy and are going to get the best out of get the best out of your kids get the best out of your program and it makes everyone buy in and understand that they do have a voice in this at the end of the day someone has to make a decision we need to move forward but at least you're going to be listened to right and and i would assume that now that you've done it 19 years what you don't want is yes men You you, don't want that. I want people who take initiative, who have an opinion, who are willing to do what is necessary. Um, Even when it's not spoken, they recognize something that needs to be done and they take initiative and do it. I certainly do not want the S men.
2: You see why this is a good program?
3: Absolutely.
4: Look, he's right. At the
2: end of the day, someone's making the decision and it's going to be him. But you know what? If he's willing to listen and, and say, okay, you know what? I don't know everything. You're right. There might be a way that we can adjust this to make it better, but and you come to me with that. But if I say no, don't you 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 don't need a safe zone. You don't need a, a little puppy to pet because you're feeling you know sad and depressed. Move on, because that's what we do here. So I love that. Hey, we've got three. I asked you to bring some 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 football players with you. So you, you said, hey, I'll bring some leaders in this team. Who have you who have you brought?
4: So I referenced him a few minutes ago. Dylan Schuster, senior. Um, he is a returning. Outside linebacker and slot receiver for us. Brett Shumway, uh, returning all-conference lineman for us that we moved to tight end. Now he also plays defensive line and outside linebacker. And Joey Gordon, who is uh, a running back as well as a defensive end. And these are three guys who get it. You know, when you talk about players who get it and who speak your message and and kind of follow your mantra and right. echo it, these are these are three of those guys for us.
2: And uh, we're getting back every week to our Pick and Save Student Athlete of the Week, and one of those three, we're going to celebrate that with guys I'm gonna kick you to the to the couch and I'm gonna bring these three players in and, and we'll talk about you know being part of this Greendale program. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, starting 0-1-1 and one and non conference and the things we've learned from that. And we'll talk a little bit about the future and how much sweat equity they put into this program. This is the Wendy's varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches show presented by your local pick and save stores on Sports Radio one oh five seven FM The fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented by your local Pick and Save Stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan, Mike McGivern, talking some Greendale football, and uh, I asked the coaches, uh, Coach McMillan and Stoltz, to to get out of the chairs. Man, we got three of the the leaders on this team. Uh, Joey Gordon is a running back. Uh, Dylan Schuster is a Tight end, offensive, whatever. Yeah, outside linebacker, tight end, receiver. Yeah, all of those. And uh, Sa- Sam Keltner, Brett somewhere. Well, you said ninety nine. Where are you? Might be seventy five on there. That's Hold on, last year. You can't. You can't be doing that to me, Brett. Oh, there you are. Yeah, it is last year's. I think offensive uh, line, defensive line. Now you're line. Now you're a tight end. Yeah. That, that's a tough spot in this offense, right?
5: Yeah, it is. It's very tough. Yeah, I know you. Everything.
2: You're enjoying it.
5: I am very much.
2: Yeah, you got to do a lot of studying. Oh yeah. Tell me about. Uh, let me start with Dylan. Dylan, no one. Last year as a junior, watching the seniors on the team take leadership. Now they graduate and and okay, this is your spot now, right? You got to take control of this team. The three of you, and and some other guys as well. Did you learn a lot from those guys?
6: Yeah, I mean, last year we had we had a great senior class, just a bunch of stud athletes couple D one dudes, they're still playing football, baseball. Um, yeah, I mean they were great. We had to learn a lot. Obviously there's some big shoes to fill now. Uh running back gone. One of our best tight ends is gone. Best receivers gone. Um yeah, I mean we just we gotta step up, learn how to fill those spots, make plays and just kind of get like get back into what they've been doing. Joey, when uh, when I first
2: met you, when you first walked in, you were the guy that uh, when I talked about Lake Geneva Badger, you had a look on. You wanted to to get them back on the field, like right now. Um, I think we can learn a lot as a coach. I always think we can. There's a chance to learn a lot after a loss. Um, not not a good thing to do to start the season. Your senior year um, with a loss, but have you guys learned? Do you think something from that?
7: Yeah, I think it's just. Showed us how to really just work even harder and just be ready for anything.
2: Because you guys were in the game. You guys had some opportunities. When you look at the stats of the game, as Coach Stoltz said, you guys not only were you in the game, but, but there are some parts of that game that you guys controlled. Uh, just got to finish drives. Is that it?
7: Yeah, we just need a little more energy when we get into the red zone. and but Otherwise, I think we had really good energy the whole game. And...
2: That's important. Yeah, you're going to have to. Brett, did uh, – Coming into senior year, you get expectations. And I known Coach Stoltz for as long as I have. First expectation is, you know what, let's 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 play football the way our program plays. You want to win a conference. Let's start let's start with that. Let's make sure that 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 we're ready to do that, ready to go to war. I'll tell you a quick story about your coach. A couple of years ago, you guys started 0-2 and and I asked him to come in studio on a Friday night because you guys played on Thursday. And normally coaches would be pretty upset and and he showed up, man. He showed up, went to scout a game, showed up. And he made a comment that said, look, we've had so much success the last couple of years that these underclassmen, they thought all they had to do was put the uniform on. Greendell in the front, and they were going to win games. And now they're realizing that you have to do a lot of work in the offseason. You guys feel like as a, as a class and as a team, you guys have done that?
5: I feel like we've put together a pretty good offseason this past season. And I feel like the culture that they've built here at Greendell has just been like you have to do it year in and year out, off season and in season, in order to be successful.
2: Do you like that part of it? You don't mind the off season, you kid? That looks like he's been in the weight room once or twice in his life, so you don't mind that part?
5: Oh, I love the off season. I think it's a great way that we can just build a team because the team does the team building does not just start on the field. It starts all year in the off season.
2: And well done, Dylan. Same thing. when in the off season. Um, are you calling guys saying we got to get the weight room or guys showing up?
6: Uh, I mean, <clears throat> most of the time we can really rely on them to show up. Obviously, we're pushing people to get there if they're not there all the time. We have a lot of multi-sport athletes, Brett included, played basketball. I did track in the spring. So, I mean, we've got a, guys that, we've got a lot of guys that are really like well-versed, um, all-around athletes. So, I mean, sometimes it's tough to get them all there, but whenever they can, they're in the weight room. We're all getting together, spending time together, really building that team chemistry that you need to be great when it comes to Playing football. Yeah, I agree. Jory, are you a multi-sport athlete or football guy?
7: No, I'm just a football guy.
2: Did you did you play in the Greenville Youth Program?
7: Yeah, I played all did, all the years.
2: Yeah. All you guys as well. Yes. Yeah. So you guys been playing football together since what fifth grade? Yeah. Makes it a little easier to know where guys are going to be in the field and and and, and all of that. Um, did you when when you were in that program? Did you go to varsity games just dreaming of the day that you could get out there?
5: Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, we sit in the middle school section and just dream and watch.
2: And go home, and before you you're wearing your uniform to bed, that kind of stuff, and, and you can't wait to get there. It goes quick then, right?
5: Oh, yeah. It's crazy how fast this goes.
2: Did you play varsity as a sophomore, or did you wait till your junior
6: year?
5: I played varsity as a freshman.
6: You did? Uh, Helen, how about you? Uh, tiny bit sophomore year, but junior year is what I really started playing.
7: Yeah, and I played as a sophomore.
6: You did.
2: Things have slowed down a little bit since your freshman year, huh? Do you the- remember that? Oh, yeah. I How mean, big
5: they were? They were very big. I, I tore my ACL my first game, so I mean, oh. I only got a little bit, but yeah, they've definitely slowed down now coming into my junior year. So.
2: Tell me about the rehab process. How hard was that as a kid who's 14 years old?
5: Uh, it's just, it's a big challenge on the mind more than anything, rather than the body. Just not being able to do anything for a, almost a six-month period is just so hard for a kid to Yeah, at that age.
2: And did you feel like all of a sudden you're not part of the team anymore, or did you continue to go to practice and be part of it?
5: Oh, no, I was at practice just about every day when I wasn't doing rehab because I was in the weight room trying to get better every day I could. But I was always at practice at every game, just being part of the team.
2: You remember the first uh, first time you put the uniform back on? Were you... 100 percent confident that that knee was going to hold did you were some nerves did you have to work through that
5: well i had played basketball before that so i felt pretty good about my knee but i mean there's always nerves when you come into a game yeah. if you're a competitor there's always going to be nerves
2: yeah so. as a coach too and i don't care what anybody says you know what um i coached basketball at martin luther and and uh you know what before games that we knew were going to win by 30 i was still nervous 36 years of, of, of that. I don't know where I'm going to find it since I retired from basketball, but uh, I will definitely find it. Um, Dylan, with, with this senior class, is it a senior-laden team, by the way? Do you have
6: a lot of seniors, or is it underclassmen-laden? Uh, it's not it's not quite as senior-heavy as years past, but we still, we, we've got a lot of guys in this senior class, um, kind of all around. Again, last year was just insane with the amount of athletes that we had, and it's dropped off a little bit, but we've got a lot of leaders. Uh, dudes on both side of the both sides of the ball that can step up, make plays, kind of get everyone going. Do you start on both sides? Yeah, you do. Do you like that? I love it. Yeah. Do you,
2: Brett? Same question.
5: Yeah, I start on both sides, and I love it. Joey, um, not
7: right now, but hopefully I will.
2: Hopefully, I, Coach I, I, Stoltz I is shaking, shaking his head. He mind. said, "We'll see you on that one." Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, do you like defense better or offense? <laughs> Does it matter to you?
5: Doesn't really matter to me. I do like the new challenge of being a tight end. I think that's really cool.
2: Yeah. Uh, for offense or defense, you like getting hit or uh, hitting people.
6: I mean, offense you got to think a bit more. I think offense can be a lot more rewarding when you get your job done. But defense, you just kind of see it, react, make a play. So I, I don't know. I'm neutral.
2: Yeah, you're neutral. Yeah. The um, the the game two now for you guys is conference, correct? Yeah. And I'm looking uh, New Berlin West. Yep. So game one you just put to the side, right? And now you concentrate on on uh, on a conference game and a conference opponent that their program is up and coming a little bit. You do do not, and and I know you can, Coach Stoltz will be saying this all week, do not look past that group. You know, they're they're better than they had been when you guys were sophomores and you were freshmen, and they've kind of ratcheted up a little bit, and they got a feeling like they might be able to compete pretty well in this conference this year. So make sure that you guys don't uh, take any of that for granted because there's, you know, they're pretty good. When you look at your schedule... I'm going to ask all of you, and I'm wondering if the same answers coming out. Who's the rival? Who's the team that you go, man, okay. Here, I'm circling this on the, on the schedule. Eisenhower? Yeah, New Berlin Eisenhower. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew that was there, coming. Sure. That was the easiest question that I've ever asked because I knew exactly who it was. That's the – you know, they're the hunted right now, right? That's the team that everybody wants to knock off. And uh, rightfully so, I think they've won the conference for a couple years in a row, uh, two years in a row, and uh, – you have as a varsity player, I don't know how you did as a freshman, how you guys did against him, but you haven't beaten him yet.
6: Uh yeah, quick stat. Personally, in my career, we've never I've never beaten like fifth through like eighth grade, then it's, every year on varsity you've just like, every year that I've been on varsity, we've never beaten him. And I think this year it would be really nice to get out time. there, bond up, make just get a win. It's time. Yeah, it's time. It is time way <laughs> too long. It's I agree, way too long. So that's gotta be the same then for you.
7: Yeah. I just hope they're ready for us, like honestly. Good. We're here to compete.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, those colors of that uniform you don't like much, do you? Not at all. Not at all. Do you uh do you carry the ball a lot?
7: Um, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah,
2: you're the guy. They they it's third and one. You're getting the ball probably. Mm-hmm. You like that part? Yeah. Yeah, he's a tough running back. I can see it right now. I'm not sure I'd want to meet him in the hole and try to put him down yeah, for a, a two yard yeah. loss. There's no doubt, guys. We're gonna bring you back a little later. In fact, for sure, because uh, the student athlete of the week. Um, congratulations on that, uh, Dylan. Well done. And we're we're going to name you our pick and save student athlete of the week in the 11 o'clock, 11, awesome. 11, 15 segment. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a cool award because we, we, we talk to you about it. The only question you're going to have to get uh, ready for is what motivates you being such a good student athlete. Where does that come from? And we'll ask you uh, during that segment. And then you and I are going to meet. I'm going to invite your family and the coaches staff and any of your players that want to join us at the nearest pick and save. To your, uh, to your high school, and I've got a really nice plaque for you, and we'll take some pictures and and stuff like that. We'll get more into that at around 11.10 or so. Guys, thank you. I'm going to bring you back in the second hour. Um, we'll get uh, Coach Stoltz and Ryan McMillan back. I've got a number of questions, Coach Stoltz, about this team. We want to talk about some other kids other than these three and a little bit more about his staff when we get uh, on the other side of the break. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Ryan McMillan, the athletic director at Muskego, Rob Stoltz, the head football coach at Greendale, Boy, you, you pick the right guys, man. You want to talk about good ambassadors for your school and your team and your program? And I, I have to tell you, you, you read all this stuff about bad kids, right? You read it. You look at the news, you all, all that. I've been around high school athletes for a long time, and kids like this who, who look you right in the eye, answer your questions, have a little fun, talk a little bit about leadership and, and getting in the weight room and all that, these are good kids, man.
4: Yeah, they absolutely are, and you hit the nail right on the head when you talked about ambassadors. You have a message, you have a culture that you have established, and you're looking for those guys who are going to carry, continue to carry that tradition. And these are three of our guys, and we have several. We we have many. You told me that definitely three of the
2: guys. You, in fact, you were not happy with me when I said you want to bring in a few players. You're like, come on, man, I got like 30 of them. I could bring in. I said, can you just bring in three, Rob? I appreciate it. Then I said, can you pick a student after the week? You said, I got 20. And I said, could you pick one? So, you know what? I, I appreciate you doing this. I know I, I coaches hate it because I put you in a bad spot, and you didn't want to, but you did it for me. and Just I great.
4: I Really thankful for the opportunity year in and year out that uh, despite some of the things that come out of my mouth, you continue to still have me on the show. So I'm, <laughs> I'm blessed that McMillan
2: way. McBill <laughs> and I just talked about that when he was over here. He said, boy, this show's really easy when he What comes I was going
4: to start the show with saying is, I'm blessed to be back, fortunate to be back. Thank you very much. It's great to be around some great professionals, even you too, Mike. <laughs> well, but I did say that.
2: Uh, let's get to a break. On the other side of the break, I'm just going to have the players here, me, McMillan, and the players. I'm just kidding. Hey, we love talking about the three guys here, but th- th- this is a roster full of really good kids and players. Um, if we come out to
4: watch Greendale play, you know, can we name a couple of these kids that, that mean a lot to this program? You know, and then – What Dylan referenced was we did have a very talented senior class. It was very thick with with ability last year, and we now have a senior class who we have some strong numbers, and a lot of these guys are inexperienced in terms of their time on the field on Friday nights, but they are guys who have put in the time leading up to this point, and it is now. It's their time. It's their team. It's always going to be the seniors' time. And the heartbeat of a team can be best felt through the seniors. I agree with And that. it's guys like Joey, guys like Dylan, um, Zach Hurd, Tyler Frunsick, Jeff Paul, Nate Hart is back in the fold for us this year. We have a number, Sammy Muth, we have a number of guys who understand what the Greendale football tradition is and has been. And we're very fortunate that uh, Luke Luranth, uh, who was going to actually be in studio with us today but had to work, um, guys that – have waited their turn, have put right. in their time, have bought into what we're doing. And uh, and again, despite our inexperience at some spots, that inexperience is not going to last very long. They've now had a full taste of what it is to, to go against a full senior-laden team in Badger. And we're going to be better in the long run because of that. And you
2: know what? And they can't. It's not like, look, I'm looking at your schedule, and there are some, and I'm not going to name them, but there's a couple of teams on the schedule that you can maybe come out and not play 100% your best and still p- probably get a win. But these next two weeks are not one of them. And so they've you know they got to grow up in a hurry, and, and, and I would assume that they learned a, a valuable lesson of being in there, how quick and fast and how big this whole thing is. And uh, I
4: would not want to be New Berlin West right now. Yeah, I just wouldn't. You know, and one of the things that the kids here come out of my mouth is there's no rest for the wicked. There really isn't, and None. the minute that you blink, you're you're done, right? And now it gets real because it's conference, and
2: so you look. I I commend you that that you could have you could have scheduled somebody other than Badger, but when you talked about in the first segment, that's not who we are. We we got to get ready for later in the year because you know you've been blessed and been able to to get in in the playoff each and every year for forever, right? Do you remember ever not making the playoffs? Yeah. Two thousand four, two thousand four. Look at you! You picked that boom, just like that. You'll never forget that year, right?
4: Oh yeah, those are the ones. You know, as you go on, right? The, the losses get harder, um, the wins you want more of. But at the end of the day, it's guys like this that really that really keep you going. <laughs> guys that buy into the message and can speak to the message not only when called upon, but deliver that among the student population and prospective athletes as well. One question I want to ask them, and maybe
2: later in the show I can, but I wonder as as kids in the youth program, if they remember talking to, to varsity players. Did the varsity players come talk to them? Because they put them up, they think they're the Packers. They put them on the pedestal, right? And I'm, and I'm sure after talking to these guys that these are the kind of guys that will go down and talk to those 4th and 5th and 6th and 7th graders
4: like, hey, make sure that you get ready, have a good game today, all of that stuff. Oh, yeah, that's one of the cool traditions that we have is we will have uh, a few times during the year our upperclassmen will go work with, uh, with the youth program uh, for 20, 25-minute individual sessions. Huge. And, and it's just the presence, right? You're exactly right. And And not only for the youth players, but even for our current freshmen. And these guys will talk about when they were freshmen and who the seniors were, and they were men, and they, they couldn't believe how big they were. But those are those guys now, and right. you just don't see yourself through that same lens. No, and, and you know what? And whether they want to be or
2: not, they are role models. Total role models for these kids that put on that youth program, you know, the youth uh, 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 uniform. Hey, really quickly, Ryan, same thing that you were doing at Walk, where you had the older kids go down and talk to the younger kids when when you could. And what a big difference that makes.
3: Oh, it's huge. I mean, it's just building community and building that bridge and being uh, pushing the envelope to get out of ourselves and into the team and and even bigger than just our high school team, but the community team and the biggest, the big program all the way down to the youth.
2: Yeah, it makes a big difference. Guys, we're going to get to a break. Let me run down the second hour because there's some different things going on. Um, Coming out of that 11 o'clock break, we're going to talk a little bit about our uh, UW Credit Union Team of the Week. And we all agree who that is, and we'll announce that. We're also going to bring our pick-and-save student-athlete of the week back to the microphone. Talk to him about that. 1115, Dan McCarty, head football coach at St. Norwood, did not know that you played with him overseas.
4: Yeah, when you look at today's lineup here, um, Pat Wagner is at Riverside. The head coach has been for, I think, just about the exact number of years as I've been at Greendale. Just phenomenal, Jed and Kennedy. The, rest of the guys on the way down here today.
2: J- Jed just asked me, uh, "What are we talking? Diet plans?" And I said, "Yep, <laughs> salads for 15 minutes." Jed Kennedy from uh, he's the uh, defensive coordinator, assistant head coach, Enterprise High School in Alabama will join us at 11:30. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local Pick and Save Stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: To hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. That's a lot. Come on. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. All right. Nice job, fellas. Presented by your local pick and save stores. Let's turn it over to Muskego Athletic Director Ryan McMillan. Don't let one play affect the next one. Just learn from it. And the fans' high school insider, big time Mike McGivern.
2: Oh, welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football a Show, presented, as always, by your local pick-and-save stores. Mike McGivern, alongside Ryan McMillan, Rob Stoltz, head football coach at Greendale. Guys, I want to thank the UW Credit Union. Um, they've come on board as a, as a really good partner now with this show, and, and they've asked us to come up with the team of the week, and not just football, but you know, we'll, we'll do other sports as well. But being the first week... Um, I thought let's let's pick the football team in the area that we thought kind of surprised us a little bit maybe, um, but certainly kind of had maybe that thing that says look maybe this is the team of the week and and you mentioned uh, Patrick Wagner, uh, I think Milwaukee Riverside and you guys agreed to 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 go out and 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 to beat a good Pewaukee team from a good conference um, is a really big win I think for Milwaukee Riverside, Rob you said. Look, they, they were close last year, and you think Riverside's better this year maybe than they were last year, and, and that's a really big quality win for Patrick.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And Pat Wagner, who I think uh, the world of and have known him for many, many years, consider him a friend. He is someone who does things, one of those guys who does things the right way. And we've got an open that we're going to play. As I
2: figure, what
1: team <laughs> stood out from the rest? What team took their game to another level on the field, court, or in their community? Cause these are Let's find out who is this week's UW Credit Union Team of the Week. UW Credit Union for secure mobile banking that's easy
4: to use. Join UW Credit Union.
2: The name of the song is My Streets from a band called Tangle Lines. Homestead football coaches. My son-in-law, that's his band. And uh, they got a good win, too, last night. Uh, but Milwaukee-Riverside, and Ryan, I think you'll agree, and we all did agree, that uh, that's a statement win for them. It comes down to, to to seating meetings, to go in there and say, you're right, you think some, some teams in our conference might be a little weak, but we look at where we started, that's going to help them.
3: Absolutely. It's never easy for the city teams to go out into the suburbs and get wins and get kind of out of their comfort zone a little bit. And that's a hostile environment going into Pewaukee and yeah. the people are juiced up out in lane country because they love their football in Waukesha County and uh, give credit to uh, Riverside. They rolled in and took care of business.
2: Bill Michaels was was out at the game and he called in a couple of times to my scoreboard show and he said, man, the atmosphere is electric as always. Friday night in Pewaukee is a big deal. And he said, "You know, there's not a ton of Milwaukee Riverside people here, but this team's really good. Good speed, defensively playing really well, and to be to hold Pewaukee to how they held them, man, that's that's an awfully good win that he's going to be able to draw back on for a while. And uh, I agree with you, uh, Rob, that that you know, Coach Wagner's been doing it a long time at Riverside, and he's a really good football coach."
4: He's a really good coach, and, and to be honest, in all my experience with him, he's an even better person. He's very humble. Um, he he has had opportunities to move to other locations, and his heart has kept him at Riverside. And he has built a he's built a culture within the Riverside community that permeates who they're who they are. Do you know um, th- that scoreboard show we've been doing? I don't know,
2: thirteen years, something like that. Only one time. In the entire history of it, did I have to go and stay an extra hour? And we had to go till eleven o'clock. Riverside was playing Arrowhead with the chance to go to state. And they got to stop on fourth and three or whatever it was. And they were going they were they were gonna win the game and go to state. And a kid who's now the he's now the baseball coach at Shorwood. And he jumped up and bumped into the official, and the official threw a flag. First down, Arrowhead, they went in and won it. People that were at the game that had no dog in the fight, they kept calling saying, we only went to see Riverside because you kept talking about this team. And I wanted to be at the game when the first time a city conference team got up to to Camp Randall, they got got robbed. I had to stay because the lines were lit. And people were calling saying, you tell McGivern I want to come on the air and talk about what I just saw. And you know what? It's a shame because people still come up to me. It's kind of like the ice bowl. There could have been thirty thousand people at that that Riverside game, but the amount of people that come up and say, "No, I was there. I I can tell you where I was exactly when that that happened," because nobody knew why he threw the flag. And look, officials do what they think is right, uh, but at that point, that was uh, that was a tough one. This team's got a chance to 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 maybe make some noise come playoff time, from what I hear.
4: Yeah, I think they do. They have some athletes, and they're obviously well coached. And at the end of the day, you're going to need an element of luck as well. And when those three things come together, you're, you're going to be in position to do, accomplish some things. So who is this week's Student Athlete of the Week? Who's making a difference in their community, in their classroom, and on the court? Let's meet the Pick and Save High School Student Athlete of the Week. Brought to you by your local Pick and Save stores, where Wisconsin saves on groceries.
2: So, Rob, thank you for, uh, for naming a Pick and Save Student Athlete of the Week. You know, I, I'm always impressed with, with guys who understand that it is a privilege to play. It's not a right. It's not his right to play football. It's his privilege. He earns the privilege by by taking care of his business in the classroom and the community and all that. Um, Dylan, congratulations is our pick and save student athlete of the yeah, week. Yeah, thanks. So um, your motivation for being such a good student athlete, where does that come from?
6: I mean, I think everything I really do, and Coach Stoltz has talked about this before, like, whether it's sports school family you got to put in 100 percent, push yourself get better just always want to be the best i mean it's just kind of how i've done things for a while so yeah i can't i can't really point to a specific time when it started but at least for the past couple years that i've thought of that's definitely how i've done it yeah do you have any idea what's going on next year Uh, no, not really. I don't know. Big school, small school, maybe football. I don't There's, There's a lot that's got to go into it. You got a lot of time. time. You got a lot of time. Do you have an idea maybe what you want to study? Uh, I'm thinking secondary education, probably math, third science teacher. Maybe I, yeah, I'd still like to get exposed to more and just kind of see what other possibilities are out there. But I think teaching, being able to like make an impact on kids, help out and just like, I love the whole high school environment, seeing kids change, and I feel like being able to help kids really mature and be better people would be a great thing to do. Okay, we're going to be
2: fine, right? (laughs) We're going to be just fine. All this stuff, i got to stop making myself crazy during the week when I read and see the news and hear the news, and then we get a chance to talk to, like, the three of the kids here, and especially Dylan, who's our pick and save student athlete of the week. We talked a little bit about it, but what we'll do is um, I'll get your cell number before you leave. And we'll pick a day when you guys, your practice is done. And I'll ask your coaching staff. We'll ask some of your players. I'm, I'm going to ask you to ask your family if they want to join us. Yeah. And we'll meet at the local Pick and Save store. i got a beautiful plaque. We'll take some pictures. Pictures go up on their Facebook page and our website as we, we just celebrate guys that take care of their business in the classroom and on the field. And certainly, congratulations. Parents must be proud, right?
6: Yeah. Yeah, they come to so. every game. Yeah.
2: Who do you hear more in the crowd, mom or dad?
6: Uh, well, dad's on the sidelines. Sometimes I hear him a little bit too much. Actually, a lot too much sometimes, but that's just a little thing between us. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah mom's usually running concessions or trying to watch as much as she can cuz they get pretty involved with stuff. So, you yeah. have brothers, sisters? Uh, younger brother, he's a sophomore. He plays football. He's he made varsity this year. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, what's that like playing on the same team with your brother? You like it? Uh, we're on extra point together, so that's pretty cool.
2: That's um, really cool. Yeah. Uh do you I get mean, to hit him during practice at all?
6: Oh yeah, sometimes. Not enough, I am mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely not enough. He usually pulls up before I actually get out to block him. But I don't know if I if I if I can get a chance, I will. Man, nobody's his bigger fan than during the game than you, though, right?
2: Yeah, because that's the way it is. I want to hit my brother. I got three of them. Yeah, but man, don't you? You better not say anything about him, because then you're going to have to deal with me, and I'm oh, yeah. sure that's the way it is. Does he got a chance to be a pretty good football player?
6: Yeah, he's a he's a tall, athletic kid. Um, he had put some size on, keep getting faster, keep working. He he plays other sports too, baseball. Um, yeah, he's, yeah. He's good hands, big. Does he big uh, does he follow you in the weight room? Uh, not as much. He but, will. Yeah, you bet yeah, you, he will. I mean, yeah, yeah. Coach Stoltz going to get
2: it. Coach Stoltz is going to make him do that. Yeah, your favorite subject at. Uh, at at school is what?
6: Oh, um, probably math. I've yeah, I've been really good at math since a young age. Once I got to high school, I mean, it was a little different because now you can pick your classes, push yourself, so it got a lot harder. Um, doing like calculus stuff like that, it's hard, it's yeah. a killer. But I just I I, I like the challenge of and finally figuring stuff out and just being able to figure out a bunch of different things. Yeah, probably so math.
2: You're, the same stuff that my son, who's now you know, you just they, him and his wife just had their first child. But math was his deal, too. Yeah. And his teacher told us the first uh, the 1st parent-teacher meeting that. He said, look, I do things different. I don't give them homework, you know, teach them stuff and then give them the homework. Yeah. I give them the homework, and then we're going to talk about it the next day, and I want them to think logically. So he'd be upstairs, and I'd hear him cheering, like going, woohoo And i go, what game are you watching? He'd go, no, I got a math question. He said nobody would get this. I'm going to show him I got this. And he ended up like 31 or something on his ACT in math, yep. and because he fell in love with it, and the teacher really reached him, and it's helped him a ton with what he's doing now in in his real life. So keep that up. Yeah, you know that's a really good uh, good place to be. Um, so next week we'll 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 figure that out, and uh, and whatever an evening works best for you and your family, yeah. and then we'll do it. We'll set it that way, and then invite other people if they want to show. Awesome. But you do that, and you talk to your mom. What's your mom's name? Uh, Julie. Julie, and I i know that uh, Coach Stoltz talked about
6: your dad, but his first name? Patrick. Are they listening? Uh, great question. I'm going to say probably. Yeah. Uh, actually, well, maybe not. My dad—my dad's at the youth football scrimmage right now, coaching fifth graders, I think. I don't know where my mom is. Maybe concessions, probably. Yeah. So, well, maybe they'll go
2: back and listen to the podcast. Yeah, probably, they'll, they'll listen to it at some point. Julie and Patrick, you've done good. You know what? You've done really good, uh, and congratulations on being the parents of our our Pick and Save student athlete of the week. We celebrate that here on on this show each and every week. And, and thank you to our local Pick and Save stores for for giving us the opportunity to do that. And I look forward to meeting your parents. To Patrick, did he did he coach you in youth football?
6: Yeah, seventh grade. How'd that go? Good. I yeah, I was fine with that. I mean. Maybe not my favorite coach, but, he, yeah, he, he's fine.
2: Us dads are never our son's favorite coaches. Yeah, it's just yeah. – Ever. Yeah. Ever.
6: It, it, was, it was something else. A, a lot of people liked him. I liked him too, but <laughs> Tough it's dad. Yeah, it's it, it's dad.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you a quick story. You know Tony Bennett, coach at uh, Virginia, won a national championship in basketball this year. Yeah. He played for his dad, and I had him on a show a long time ago, and, and I said, what was that like? And he said, you know, after practice – whether I wanted to or whether I needed to, I would shoot for an extra 20 minutes so that my teammates could go in the locker room and complain about their coach. Because at the end of the day, that's my father. And they can complain about him. And then I had Tony Bennett, um, his dad, on. And uh, I asked him. And and I said, said, Coach Bennett, did you know this? He goes, I did. I figured it out. Dick Bennett, his dad. He said, yeah, I figured it out. He said we never talked about it, but I saw that he sat for 20 minutes outside the locker room, and I knew why he was doing it because he didn't want to hear these guys complain about their coach because at the end of the day, I was feeding the boy, and then we laughed about it. So congratulations, our Pick and Save student athlete of the week. want to thank Pick and Save, and Milwaukee Riverside is our UW Credit Union Team of the Week. Patrick, if you're listening... Uh, We're going to put a call into you this week. They've got a beautiful trophy that they want to drop off and introduce themselves to you and your team. And I want to thank UW Credit Union for doing that. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to be joined by the head football coach, St. Norbert College. He's Dan McCarty. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local Pick and Save stores. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Ryan McMillan, the AD at Muskego. Rob Stoltz, head football coach at Greendale. Trying to get a hold of Dan McCarty. He must have found out that you were my co-host or my guest this week and said, nah, I'm not picking that phone up. Yeah,
4: I, I would have to imagine that is exactly <laughs> the reason why. Look, he's uh, Dan is a gr- great football coach has put in a lot of time over the years and worked his way up to be in a position to be a, uh, the head football coach at St. Norbert's where they have had a lot of success, even with his predecessor, um, that, who established that program. Dan has taken it to a new level, obviously. And at a place like St. Norbert's, he's got to wear a lot of different hats. I am certain of that. This, you know, Like any head coach does, especially in the sport of football, but the resources aren't there at St. Norbert's as they would be at a place like Madison or right. a Big Ten school where the responsibilities are even greater, but you have a lot more resources and are able to delegate more effectively. Gary
2: Gresh is the basketball coach up there, and when I used to have him on, on basketball show years ago, he's also the girl soccer or uh, golf coach. And so you're right, he wore a lot of hats. What, what, one of the reasons I want to have Dan on is I love his story. I mean, he knows what it is to be a high school coach. He Door County guy, Sturgeon Bay, Southern Door, um, and and he understands the trials and tribulations of doing what you do and what Coach McMillan did. Ryan, when you were um, coaching, did you ever think about maybe what I want to do is be a head coach at, at at a college level? Did that cross your mind? Or was it something you thought about?
3: Maybe I, I don't. I don't know that I would ever say I had a strong passion or or thought about. Doing that, maybe going back to like UW Stevens Point, your alma mater, or something like that. If everything aligned. but I just felt like I had so much work to do at the high school level that I proved myself there first before I worry about anything above that. Yeah,
2: Coach Stolt, same question because I've got to believe you've been you've been offered or at least talked to you about coming on as assistant coach at at different levels. Has that ever crossed your mind?
4: Early on, it did, and then some opportunities came my way throughout the years. But the reality is. I'm, I'm a homebody. I love my family. I right. love being able to see my mom. She lives two minutes away from your radio station. My That's brothers awesome. are all local, um, and those are my best friends. And I I don't have an interest in spending more time and being away, not only from them but from my immediate family as well. I, look, as busy as we are, I love being able to go home to my wife and kids at a time that I am more in control of than I would be if I did this only football for a living. Yeah,
2: that boy, you give up that. You give up that that time. Does your mom come to games and stuff? Or? She does.
4: She does, yeah? Especially when it's warmer out. Yeah, you bet. She's, She's a... passed on that thin skin, the the hatred of the bitter cold, <laughs> to her oldest son. Um, you'll see me in turtlenecks and those type of things when it's 80 degrees out. I like it hot.
2: Man, a little different than the guy you just coached against. Right. He only wears shorts, and he's not changing. Coach Hensler is uh, – they talked about him on the big show yesterday. could be uh, – I, I can't imagine – that that uh, level four last year, I was at the the uh, Racine Saint Catherine's Lakeside Lutheran game, and it had to be twenty below. Man, it was cold. It was really cold. I was up in the press box. I was sweating a little bit. It was a little warm up in the press <laughs> box, but everybody else that I was looking at and making fun of uh, was really cold. Um,
4: where, your love for sports came, mom and dad. Dad, that's an that's a question that over the years I've given some thought to. But you know, one of, some of my earliest memories are being in the, the front courtyard area, my mom pitching me a big red, with the big red bat and the wiffle ball while dad's at work. My mom was a stay at home mom for much of my childhood. Um, and then my dad would be the all-time pitcher, all-time quarterback with, uh, we grew up in an apartment complex for the first part of my life. And back then it was all kids all the time playing baseball and football and uh, very fortunate to have parents who were involved in that respect.
2: Yeah, I agree with that and and I've told this story a hundred times my mom listens to the show every week and uh, we had Pat Cerrone on one time and she was calling me and I'm on the air and she's listening and she's calling my phone and I thought maybe it's something was the matter with her so I st- ended the segment quickly and ran outside and called and said you're okay and she said I wouldn't play for him, he's too cocky <laughs> and I said okay, she said no I you know, I said, well, he's not trying to recruit you, Mom. You're an 89-year-old woman with a bad leg. And she said, I have eligibility left. And I said, okay, I'll let uh, Coach Cerrone know in case he's, he's uh, looking for you. Hey, um, the coaches that come in, and we've had the conversations because we've had a number of guys on that come in to recruit the players, the assistant coaches or the head coaches, and you don't have to name names, but are, are there some guys that you're really comfortable guiding? Some of your boys and some of your players to? And are there other guys that you just go, I'm not sure
4: about? I would say m- much more so to the former than the latter. I'm n- I don't readily dismiss coaches who come in, especially I know over the years you you really start to appreciate uh, the taxing effects that that recruiting trail you bet um, gives to coaches, not only to Division One coaches, but all the way to Division Three, There's a lot – it's a lot of transients, um, coaches looking for, you know, the next job. Correct. And as one staff leaves, the next staff comes in, and there's a lot of turnover. Um, but there are certainly a handful of coaches who I know without – their provocation exactly where they're coming from I know I can rely on them and trust them and I look for their feedback as well
2: well and it's Ryan same thing with you when when you were at O'connon walk that you know there had to be guys that you either played with or knew of or guys that had a reputation of being guys that you could hand some of your boys over to and say they're going to take good care of you
3: absolutely especially when you have the kids that um, probably need a little more guidance they don't they they have a home life that's not all roses. You want to find those coaches that you know will go out of their way, will answer their cell phone at midnight if they need to, to go help that kid and get him a ride home or whatever it might be. And those, there's definitely those guys out there.
2: Yeah, I think that's a tough gig, though. You're right. You know what? As an assistant college coach, I don't know how many would be able to say what I said about you know where how I was as an assistant coach, never wanting to take anybody's head job because those guys are constantly looking what's my next step to get to what, what I feel like is what I want to be, is, a, which is a head coach. It's a
4: very challenging, very challenging position, very taxing on the family side of things as well, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, I I would too. I, you know, we try to get, again, Dan McCarty, head football coach at St. Norbert. We'll try to get him for a show later in the year. Uh, looking at their schedule, and he's done a nice job up there. Um, boy, you look at, at uh, th- their record, and, and you're right, the new guy coming in could have uh, fallen off the face of the earth on that thing, and he's kept it rolling. They're at Aurora, uh, September seventh, and then UW-Eau Claire. So they're not—they don't back down at all. And then they get into their their conference schedule, which is an awfully tough conference. It's a good football um, football conference. Saint Norbert—I looked at their roster, and it's not—it's not eighty-twenty not Wisconsin kids. They get kids from all over. That's not a cheap date to go to that 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 uh, on that campus. It's a beautiful campus. It's a really cool environment. Um, so they he ends up getting kids and having to recruit all over the, the the country to get kids, but I'd say 50% of his kids are state kids. So I think he's a, he's a Door County guy, so he understands, you know, staying home and being able to play in front of your your parents.
4: Yeah, he absolutely does and he's put in his time and and I think he embraces what it is to recruit that type of student athlete because they're not. Not every kid is just lining up at the door to go to Saint Norbert's. You have to expand the region from which you're recruiting, and he does that, and uh, and is doing it really well. Hey, did many of your kids get a chance to come back and 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 watch a game, kids that
2: you've coached in the past? I think that's a really good sign of a program when some of the alumni are coming back, even kids that you know maybe played for you and aren't playing at the next level, but go to UWM or go to Madison will come back and watch a all couple games
4: all the time. That's that's kind of the, in my mind, that's the hallmark of our program, and I know that I feel good about the job that we're doing because year in and year out, we always have those guys on the sideline, in the stands, coming out on the field. It just happened Thursday night as well. The seniors from last year, there were about ten of them that came to the game, came on that's the field big. afterwards. Uh, and it's not only the most recent graduates. We have plenty of guys who will still text me on game days, Coach. Good luck. I know the season Damn. starts tonight. That's fantastic. Oh, and you know, that's big. you know that they took the time in the in the hectic. Uh, hustle and bustle of today's society when they take the time to send that message to you five, six, eight, ten years after the fact. Huge. You know that it's, that it meant something to them. Yeah, I
2: agree with that. I, I really do. Cause I, with basketball guys, I get that too. And, and I coached two years of girls basketball at Calvary Baptist the same year I was coaching the boys out there. And I'll get these girls that said, coach is the way you coach your son's team. And then said, why are you yelling at us? Well, really? And now I'm getting Facebook messages and text messages saying, Coach, you're not going to believe this, but I'm coaching a girls' volleyball team, and I can't believe I'm using this line. Or I can't believe I'm making them do this the way you made us. And so that, for me, is always—it feels really good. It means they were listening, and they bought into what we're doing. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, two more segments. One is Jed Kennedy. We're going to talk to him next. And 1145, I'm going to bring back these leaders of this Greendale team, and I'm going to ask them so far, playing football for the Panthers, their favorite memory of playing for Greendale, and they're going to give us that uh, between 11.45 and noon. But Jed Kennedy, again, he is the assistant head coach, defensive coordinator, Enterprise High School in Alabama, and we're going to find out what's really on his mind because he doesn't hold much back, I'll tell you that. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School football coaches show presented by our local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. So they increased my budget this year, guys. So I'm able to go out, out out-state, and get high school football coaches to come on the show.
4: Yeah, I thought they
2: had when I noticed the bottle water instead of the tap water. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. They increased my budget. (laughs) So the first guy I called, he is the assistant head coach defensive coordinator at Enterprise High School in Alabama, and we miss him up here. I'm telling you, Jed Kennedy. Coach, how you been?
8: Hey, guys. How's it going?
2: Man, we're doing good. You know, we're done through uh, week one of the high school football season. You guys don't start for a couple weeks yet, correct?
8: No, we opened up last night.
2: Oh, you did? Then I had the wrong schedule that I printed. How would you guys do last night?
8: Uh, got beat 34-31, um, played a really good team out of Miami that, that uh, we paid to come up here and play, and, uh, I'll tell you all, when it was 31-12 going into the fourth quarter, and they had a receiver going to, uh, committed to Syracuse, I so believe, and three deep balls later, it was a close game, we got down, I think, at the 12-yard line with about a minute left, and, uh, threw a pick in the end zone, so, you know, it's a, it's a rebuilding project for us, and we certainly had that one um, in our grass last night and kind of let it slip away, but, you know, people certainly aren't going to feel sorry for me, I can tell you that.
2: Man, Coach, your first uh, your first real action in Alabama, man, You didn't? I'm sure you didn't sleep much last night.
8: No, I didn't. I tell you, it was unbelievable. I mean, uh, just the atmosphere, and you know, they love their football down here. I think someone said there's about 8,000 people there, and just an awesome atmosphere to be a part of, and... uh I was just sitting there and thinking all the, the great coaches I know and players I've coached, if we need to they could all, you know, be a part of something like that because it was certainly special and, you know, something I, I can promise you I don't take for granted.
2: You know, Coach, um, when when you decided to, to to go to Alabama, I know there, that there wasn't many other jobs in the country you, that you would have left Brookfield Central for because your your love for the kids there and the families in that school was really deep. And this was an opportunity that I think as a, as a high school football coach, you get a chance to be an associate or an assistant head coach and coach in the state of Alabama where football is king. I don't know too many guys that wouldn't say, boy, I want to give that a shot. Has it been everything you thought it was going to be?
8: Yeah, it is. You know, you I've applied for a job since I was at Ripfield Central. And, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere the I probably wouldn't have worked under any other head coach other than Coach Darlington. I think he's the best coach in the country. Um, you know, he's just, uh, yeah, he's, you know, been a head coach for 20 some years and, you know, won you know, over 250 games and, you know, played for five state titles. And, you know, it's just a unique opportunity that he called me about. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's the football's king here, you know, and a chance to, you know, to have the job that I do. And, um, you know, it was, I don't want to say it was a lifelong dream, but you know it's something that you know you kind of look at the states like Georgia, Texas, Alabama, that are just—it's just football is different, and uh, um, you know not not that the, the game is different, just the uh, you know kind of the uh, just the importance of it. And uh, anyone who knows me you know, I want a great challenge, and you know they've really struggled here. You know, they were two and eight, two and eight, and you know the job opened up and. So that's how we got put here. They've been last in the state defensively the last two years. So you know, we got to get better fundamentally. We got to get stronger. You know, but the kids are playing hard and they're doing what we asked them to do. And it's going to be a, it's, it's you know going to be a, a weekly process to get better. Better, but you know, we got some really really good younger classes. and You know, I, I can promise you, we'll be win a lot of football games sooner than later down here.
2: Hey, coach. Uh, uh, most important question: Family adjusting to to living in Alabama.
8: Yeah, they are. You know, it's. I'll be honest, it, it reminds me a lot of Wisconsin. You know, people talk a little different. Um, you know, but it's a lot of small towns, It's country towns. There's not a lot of big towns in the state. Uh, you know, so they're doing good. Uh, my oldest daughter's, you know, on the volleyball team. She's loving it. My youngest daughter's, you know, started school down here, little uh, you know, people are awesome.
4: So, Coach Rob Stoltz here at Greendale, big fan of yours. How are you? Really. Oh, we're, Excellent. We're, I barely recognize you, you with your southern twang that I, that's coming over loud <laughs> and clear here. Um, and I know it's been a long time since you've been down there, so I understand that as well. For those people who may not know everything that goes into coaching football, what are some of the bigger changes that you personally on a week-to-week basis now that you're in season or even throughout two days or or your contact days in the summer, what some what are some of the biggest changes? um, in your role versus what it is in Wisconsin on the Wisconsin football side of things.
8: You, you, you know, the one thing I'll say is this, right. You know, some of the best coaches I've ever been around are from Wisconsin. And the, the thing I explained to people, you know, the, the, the parody of kids in Wisconsin is there's, when you go to communities a lot, to me, the kids at Germantown aren't any different than the kids at Menominee Falls or the kids from, from uh, Sussex Hamilton. so if you just, just to take those three as an example, you know, and, and, you know, great coaches there would be great coaches down here. Bad coaches here would be bad coaches up there. You know, and I think that, you know, I think that you know Wisconsin football has really, really good coaches and and a really respected brand of football. When you come down here, people talk about, man, they got great linemen and play physical football, and they do. You know, it's just the big difference down here is just the speed. I mean, we played last night. I mean, you know, the team we played out North Miami Beach—they probably had five kids. that in the last five years in Wisconsin, I did not coach against any kid that could run like these kids. You know, legit four-four kids that you know, receiver-type players. But uh, you, you know, it's just you know, down here, you know, it's you, you know, there's two of us that are just full-time football contracted employees. You know, and it's you know, you start talking about you know the the size. It's essentially college football without recruiting. So it's a lot of the the, the, the just the off-the-field logistical stuff. It's just so much more down here than there. Once you get to practice, a 3-4 is a 3-4, an options option. But it's kind of that other stuff, Robbie. I think this makes it just a little bit different down here.
2: You know, I, years ago, I, my daughter wanted to visit Pen- Pensacola Christian College, Pensacola, Florida. And so her and I went, and she was a senior in high school, and they had some things to do on Friday night, so I went to watch a high school football game. And it was a team from Alabama in the same conference, the team from Pensacola, and I'm telling you, I'd never seen that kind of speed on a football field. And so I went and then about middle of the first quarter, I went and sat by some guys who, you know, follow these teams. I said, Man, these teams are unbelievable. And the guy says, What are you talking about? One's three and six and one's four and five. They're 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 not very good. And I said, Oh, they're they're pretty good if you're from Wisconsin. And, and I'm telling you, Coach, like you said, I, I had not seen that much speed on a football field. Now, their offensive line guys were, 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 were didn't seem to be, in where I was sitting didn't seem to be as good as, as some of the kids up here, but their skill positions were incredible.
8: Yeah, and I, think, and I think Alabama's kind of right in the middle where, you know, I think Florida kids maybe run a little bit better as a general than some of the Alabama kids, but our line play in Alabama is going to be a little bit better than kind of in Florida if that makes sense um you know if people know football i mean alabama's a football state sure alabama auburn i mean they love football you know when it starts with the high school and you know i'm just you know i'm thankful that you know coach Darlington asked me to do this and he's a very good friend of mine and it's a challenge every day i mean it's uh um you know it's it's like i said it's a you know, high-intense, high-pressure job. Anybody who knows me you know that I kind of gravitate towards that stuff rather than away from it.
2: Hey, hey, Jed, earlier in the show, we talked about um, an assistant coach to a head coach. And I made the statement that I th- – and I've done both, but I thought I was a better assistant coach than I was a head coach. I'm wondering, how, how have you adjusted to, to being an assistant coach? You've been a head coach a long time. Has that been a tough adjustment for you?
8: Um, I don't think so. You know, I, I, you know, it's different. I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that, you know, it wasn't like I was a head coach for two or three years. Right. You know, a lot of it goes back to that, you know, because I, Coach Darlington and me are very similar people, we're old school, we're tough, you know, we believe in being physical and, you know, I think because so many of our philosophies are similar that there's not a lot of difference how I do stuff, how he would do stuff. You know, I was telling someone probably the biggest difference so far is, you know, typically, you know, on Fridays on game day at 3.30, I told my coaches, unless somebody's dying or it's a, a case of national emergency, I don't want anyone to talk to me until 5.30. Well, that's what Coach Darlington told me. You're in charge from 3.30 to 5.30. And I used to sit there at 5.30 and everything was ready, and we'd go coach. Well, now I'm the guy making sure the dang headsets are set up, and I got a guy doing the camera. And that was the fastest two hours of my life. And I told uh, one of my assistants for BC's down here now, and I said, man, oh, man, oh, man, I, I, I sure hope but this was a great lesson for me on uh, on how much work kind of goes into getting those things ready so I could just go out and coach on Fridays. And, uh, um, you know, I, when I came down, I just told Coach Darlington, my goal would to be the most the hardest working, most, most loyal coach I've ever had. And I just try to go into work every day and work really, really hard and, and do do things the way he wants to be done. And you know, he lets me do my things on defense and, You know, we work well together, but it's different. But, you know, I can be honest. I'll
2: tell you, there's some things I don't miss about being a head coach. I can tell you that. Oh, I I bet. Hey, last question, and we'll cut you loose. And we don't know anything about this team. How will these kids bounce back, do you think, Jed, after, you know, you you, you start thinking and you're on the sidelines, you start thinking, hey, we got a chance to beat this team. And then to give up that many points and, and get beat like that and have a chance at the end as well. How will this team react to that and bounce back from something like that?
8: Oh, I can tell you our schedule is not give us any chance to feel sorry for so We play another good team next week. That's you know got D one dudes all over the place. But you know, um, you know the big thing you know with, with getting you know we've been here since January. I moved down here January second. You know, as, as any coach can tell you, the number one way to validate the things that you're doing is to win. And you know, people at Brookfield bought into what I was doing because we won. If, if we did those same things and went two and seven every year, people aren't buying, it. and that's the reality of life. And uh, you know, so I think the big thing is just, you know, showing these. You know, the, the kids saw that, and said, we have three, one, twelve. You know, and uh, you know, and, and you know, the good thing is, is there was tears after the games, and it hurt. And when it hurts to lose, you know, I think that it shows you that, uh, you know, it really means something to them. And uh, you know, so we'll see how we respond. And, have a tough week of practice again next week and go out on Friday and you know like you know I I'm, I'm a best thing that someone ever told me was when, when, when things don't go well for you you got to complain ninety nine percent of the people don't really care and the one percent that do care can't do anything about it and uh, you know so when it comes down to it we just got to go back we got to work hard got to get refocused and, and I know we'll do that and, and and hopefully we can end up with more points than the opponent next week.
2: Hey I I, I don't know if you guys agree with me or not but I always felt. In some of the programs that I've been in, uh, the hardest thing to do is is change the culture on teaching how to win. You know, st- don't look at the clock. We're up, we're up. You know, ten points, and there's four minutes to go. I'll worry about the clock. You worry about finishing games. And and I think at the heart of one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do as a coach is try to change that culture of learning how to win. Play well. You can play well, but can you finish it? And can and once they get it, once you start tasting that, man, that the, then things are get easy because now they're used to winning and they understand how what it takes to win. And you're going to have to change that culture after a couple of years of losing, Jed.
8: Oh, you're right. And I, and I tell people all the time, the greatest, to, to me, the greatest feeling as a coach is going to a place that has not been very good and make them great. That, that's a whole other challenge than going to some place that's been really, really good and keeping the ship going. But to go to a place that has struggled because, you know, you fight kids hearing from their classmates are not very good. And now you're doing it. I mean, it's just, it's tough to change culture. And I always explain to people that, you know, the, the toughest thing is, you know, we're trying to catch these people in front of us. They're not stopping either. They're not going to sit there and say, let's let Enterprise come and get us. They're continuing to work hard to keep that gap between us, you know? So, but, you know, you know, we've got a plan and, you know, it's, it's you know, we're going to care about each other more than about ourselves. And we're going to work hard. We're going to be physical. And, you know, like I said, I can promise you that we're going to get there. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, <laughs> thought we may start out wanting to know but we're not. And, uh, like I said, no one really cares. We're uh, going to feel sorry for us. We just have to get back to work and uh, get things fixed for next week.
2: He is Jed Kennedy. He uh is I know that uh, just about everybody that's listening to the show misses him being up in, in the state of Wisconsin. We wish him and his family really well. He's the assistant coach, defensive coordinator at Enterprise High School in Alabama. Jed, thank you so much for a couple minutes of your time.
8: Well, I appreciate you having me. I I came home last night and <laughs> checked the scores in Wisconsin. I got a lot of really good friends up there. You know, Rob, and, you know, talked to Coach Krause before his game on Thursday, and you know. Almost the staff's all the same at BC. And, and uh, you know, I just, you know, I love watching people that I love do well. And, uh, you know, as you know, I love Wisconsin football. and love the people up there. And certainly we'll follow things all the way through.
2: Hey, Doug Sharver said, please say hello to Jed Kennedy for
8: me. Tell him I said
2: hello. You got it. He was my co-host last night of the scoreboard show, and he heard the promo, and I had your name in the promo, and he said, oh, man, big smile on his face. He said, please, say hello to uh, Jed for me. Jed, thank you. Have a great weekend. You will, Jed. See you, guys. Thank
8: you.
2: Thanks. So let's get uh, get to a break. Other side of the break, boys, I'm going to bring these three players back, and we're going to ask them their favorite memories So far, they got a lot of great football we have played yet but I want to know their favorite memory playing at Greendale, and we'll do that on the other side of the break. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick and save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. So I kicked out Coach Stoltz. Gone. Kicked out uh, Coach McMillan. Just us boys. Nobody's listening, fellas. So uh, what do you think of Coach Stoltz? Really? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that to any of you guys. No chance. Our three uh, leaders of the Greendale team and, and like I said early on, Coach Stoltz was not happy with me. He said, man we got a lot of guys that I could have brought in for this. Joey Gordon, uh, Dylan Schuster, and Brett Shumway. See, I got it right that time. Thank you, Brett. Um, asking you guys to think about this uh, during the break, and, and uh, I'm going to start with you, Dylan, if I can. Got a lot of football to be played yet. Yeah. But your favorite memory so far as being in the program at uh, at Greendale your favorite memory of being a football player there, what would that be?
6: I'm actually going to go back to youth football. That's perfect. Um yeah, we my 8th grade year we had a night game against New Berlin West and I think we ended up winning, I don't know, three touchdowns, to one I I not I don't remember the exact score, right. but it was just a great team win. Back in youth, you know, we were we were never a great team, but we scraped together wins and it was just a fun game, night game under the lights. It was it was cold. It's always cold when we play them. But just the plays that we were making, we had some huge touchdowns, great blocks. It was just, it was so much fun. I, yeah, I, I don't remember all the specifics, but it was a great game. And I just, I look back on that. It was, it was a fun time. Do you know the cool part about that? And a lot of kids that come in and ask this question, they don't remember a lot of the
2: specifics, but they remember how they felt after and during and before. And, and I love that. That's yeah. a good, that's a really good, uh, good answer. Joey, let's go to you.
7: I'd say my favorite is just, like, hanging out after a football game in the locker room with all, like, the boys. There's nothing better than that.
2: Yeah, win or lose, it, these are your guys. Mm-hmm. These are the guys you go to war with every oh, day sure. of the week, right? Yeah. Hey, do you know what's going on for you next year yet? Um, I'm not sure quite yet. You, you want to go on to school, you think?
7: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, you want to play football?
7: I'm thinking about it, yeah. There's some programs out in Seattle where I'm moving, so.
2: Oh, you're moving to Seattle? Why are you moving there?
7: Um, just family. Yeah, just moving out there, so I'm just gonna go with them.
2: That's awesome! Congratulations! You're gonna wait till the end of the football year or the end of the school year?
7: Well, we're gonna wait till the. Oh, well, I'm waiting till the end of summer. Hopefully, my mom's not watching this but, or listening.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully not. And if she is, um, don't don't give her my number, man. That's that's your answer right there, yeah. uh, Brett. Your uh your answer best uh, favorite memory so far.
5: Uh, I got to say, we were coming back from a game one time, and we won, but someone forgot the speaker on the bus, so everyone broke out into an acapella version (laughs) of old, of take-me-home country roads.
2: Perfect, right? So, look at the the, the three different answers. He loves, he loves being in the locker room with the boys after, because you guys are his friends, and you know what, he just got done going to war with you, and win win or lose, that's what he appreciates. He Goes back to youth football where you guys hung out. You got again, you guys all played on the same team, right?
6: Oh, uh, no, no, I'm no. one grade. Below. Yeah, Brett, you're, oh, you're a kid. junior. Yeah,
2: I didn't know that. So yeah. I was just about to ask you what's going on next year. You're playing more football next more year. Football. How was the junior class? You guys got some boys in that class? I think
5: we got some pretty good guys going on in our class, and we've been a relatively big class all through youth and high school right now. So,
2: yeah, and you play basketball?
5: Yeah, I do play basketball.
2: How's the basketball program? They're pretty good over there. I'd say
5: the basketball program's pretty good.
2: You wanted to know part of Martin Luther last year. You didn't want any part of us. That's why I coached, All right, I did. We had a pretty
5: good year. I got a, You guys got some dudes over we there. We
2: got some dudes. We do. We had some guards, man. We had some guards, and it, I'll tell you what, nothing better than to see something from, you know, we. we they weren't very good four years ago, and, and school choice didn't happen, and we got some kids that could come in and play. And, and uh, you know, to win a state championship was unbelievable and represent, you know, Greendale and represent the – You know, that area and that school was was incredible. And those guys, we had five or six seniors that were really good that graduated. So if you want a piece, you might want to get it this this year. Hey, um, let's talk if we can. You can't look past New Berlin West, but, man, staring at you right that next week is that team that we don't need to talk about, and we don't want to give them any bulletin board material. But do me a favor. Take care of business now. Take care of it this week. And worry about that week then.
6: Yeah, that's the plan. We're just gonna go week by week, study what we need to study, practice what we need to practice. Just we'll get it done. Yeah, week in and week out. I yeah. I look at, the time.
2: you know, the reason I have Coach Stoltz in all the time because I truly believe that I just I I think the program that he has put together is is one of the best programs in the state of Wisconsin, and I think that uh, he sees things and and he understands how to build programs. And I like listening to the answers that he has. He thinks the world of this team and you guys. I'm telling you, we had a conversation, and he just thinks the world of all of you guys. So, congratulations, Student Athlete of the Week. Yeah, thank I'll you. I'll get you sell before you go. Good luck next week, boys. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank, thank you. You. Thank you for having us. You bet. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.